Welcome to the Transform Podcast, the podcast devoted to discussions of how the biblical worldview transforms all of life. I'm your host, Corey Barnes, joined as always by my co-host, Dr. Aaron Rice. And we are continuing just a two-part series, just kind of a quick-off series as we're right here at the election on what do we do with election results? Like, how do we react uh, whenever someone is elected, especially in a presidential election, which is the season that we are coming to? This episode is scheduled to be released the Monday before the election. So we're recording this week's out. One of the things that we talked about when kind of planning our episodes is, do we want to do anything on the election? Because in a 24-hour news cycle, that changes so fast. But As we talked about last week, our focus in these episodes is not necessarily just on um, how do you vote or why do you vote, but how do you react to the results of voting? So, Aaron, we're moving on from the last episode's topic, which was what do you do if, you know, quote, your guy wins, right? The guy you're voting for. And now we're talking about what do you do if the other guy wins? So, how is this question, even though the answers are going to be largely the same, how is the application going to be pretty different on this? So I feel like when we're talking about election results and who we're going to vote for, what brings to mind all these morning shows and we should be in some kind of diner grubbing down on some pancakes with some coffee and gravy and stuff. Um, but I think that uh, as we're looking forward to this moment, we can look back and realize that the beauty of American democracy, as this has happened every four years since the late 18th century, and we can trust that the way that God has worked in the past, God willing, he's going to continue to work in the future, and that every time there's been a winner and there has been a loser, and there have been people that are upset and people that are elated, and that as we're coming into this idea, if our guy uh, loses then it's happened in the past and that the country has gone on and moved forward. And one of the things that many times we may have even lost in the past, I I nearly guarantee you, you've had your political um, persuasion defeated in the past. And uh, as we're looking forward to this and possibly uh, with our guy losing, your guy losing, one of the things we need to remember is Again, like we said last week, we need to be peaceable with brothers brothers and sisters in Christ. And for us, the primary area of peaceable um, attributes is going to come on social media. It's just like we said last week. And just as much as we said then, I, I echo it again today that our social media presence needs to be filled with grace, seasoned with salt, and that we would not... Um, come and and promote any kind of vitriol any kind of revolution we wouldn't as we're waiting on votes to be counted that we wouldn't rise up and have rioting in the streets i think that it would be wise for us to reflect the peaceable nature of our king because he's not only king over america he's not only king over this particular voting process but it's been throughout time god is not off of his throne during the moments that these votes are being counted or after that if our guy didn't win. And so for us to be mindful of um, a kindness, a meekness, uh, um, uh, um, a particular way that we think and act is of a primary uh, concern that we would be loving and responsible and respectable to those who don't agree with us, to the guy that won, Mm -hmm. as it were. Yeah, I I think that uh, 
you're bringing up just the history that we have of elections in the United States is an important point. One of the things we try to talk about a lot on the podcast, and I would encourage you also that you can go and, and read some of the resources that we have on the Transform blog. One of the things that comes up a lot is just how we see God's hand at work in history. Um, so we're, we are tempted in this age of, you know, you, you made the comment a moment ago, of, you know, you have the morning news, right? We have the 24-hour news cycle. Absolutely. You know, we can, we can just uh, really look at this. And in the 24-hour news cycle, it gives a certain uh, immediacy to all of these issues. There's a lack of historical perspective because all the analysis tends to be on the now. And I think you're right. I think it is important for us to understand that the, the United States system of government while not perfect because it was created by humans and it's an imperfect form of government, it's a great deal better than most of the governments that have preceded it and most of the other governments in the world. And and I don't just think we're saying that from a biased position as Americans, though I'm sure we have a biased American position, but it's worked well in the past. We've seen very different ideas come through uh, our political process and we've been able to see stability there. So I do hope that part of what people are doing, especially Christians are doing, is if if someone that you don't want elected president or to any office is elected, that you have some trust in the system. And remember that there is another election coming. And remember that you need to behave yourself uh, and trust in political processes for political uh, outcomes. That doesn't mean right. we trust in political processes for everything. In fact, I think the most important things uh, lie outside of political processes. We have an understanding of that in the biblical worldview. So all of this kind of falls under something we talked about last week, and that is that we are to seek peace. If the other guy wins, uh, if the the person who, for whom we did not vote uh, as president or any other office wins, we need to seek peace. And just to remind you, a couple of passages in Scripture that we talked about last week there, we looked in particular at Hebrews twelve fourteen, "...strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord." And then Romans twelve eighteen, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So we need to seek peace and do exactly what you're talking about here. I, I think there's an important point there. We talk about things, the things that we're afraid of, um, uh, riots and revolutions and these types of things. Uh, we need to remember there will be no riots without rioters and no revolutions without revolutionaries. So uh, we need to, uh, to the best of our ability, as long as we feel like we can, to trust the process um, and to trust our form of government. In addition to that, I think that one of the things that if your guy doesn't win, I think that you we said it a moment ago that there's always another election. There's mm-hmm. always the next opportunity to see change happen. And it's not a moment in time. This is done forever. But God has given the United States a government, a governmental form at this point in our history that we can continue to work to see Christian principles enacted into um, our current governmental process, you know? And so just because November the 3rd happens doesn't mean that we can't continue to see engagement in the political process happen on November the 4th, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're still going to have senators in the in office. We're still going to be able to elect new senators. We're still going to be elect able to elect new House members. Um, and so for us to see that, oh my gosh, we lost, and to become despondent, I think is, is really a way that is 
is not a positive way to move forward. Um, and so, I mean, what do you think about that despondency temptation that, that comes with this? I think some of it comes from a, a theological deficiency. Um, Psalm 115 verse 3 tells us, Our God is in the heavens. All that he, all that he uh, pleases, he does. Mm-hmm. Um, when we think about that, what that means is, is that for, for you, for I, and for all of our listeners— we do not know what the outcome of tomorrow's election will be. We're, we're actually being told you know, by the, by the media and by analysts, it could be some time before we know the exact outcome. We always hope for speedy outcomes, but we don't know for sure, especially with some of the things surrounding the coronavirus. But God knows. Exactly. And not only does God know, not only does he have foreknowledge, but he is in the heavens, meaning he's above all and sees all, and he does whatever it is that he pleases. So uh, whatever happens is going to be within God's sovereign will. Now, for us to be clear, that does not mean that God always allows the person to become president that is the most Christian person or the most holy person. It just means that as God is moving all of the world for his glory and for the good of those who love him— even political processes are caught up in that process. Not only will this not frustrate the purposes of God, but ultimately God will use even errant and deviant politicians and political processes to move all of history for his glory and for the good of those who love him. So it's theologically deficient to become despondent. I think so too. One of the things that uh, as we're talking and I'm thinking through, you're the Old Testament professor, and I just think through the, the, the people of God, how many times did they have a bad king that, that was not moving them towards following uh, God and his precepts and infusing everything that they did with the things of God? How many times did that happen? Over and over and over. And yet, God can move the hearts of kings in any direction he wants, just like he moves a river or a stream. God is sovereign over these things, and I think it, it is... Um, short-sighted for us as his people who have who say we have a biblical worldview to to be completely torn up about the loss of an election if our God doesn't win. I think it's incredibly short-sighted for us to not see that in, in nearly much of the Old Testament God's man as it were was not the one that was on the throne. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And we see that, you know, in the if, if you want extreme cases of that in the Old Testament, uh, look at the prophets and especially Isaiah with God speaking through Isaiah to make it very clear that even even whenever the nation is conquered and there are foreign pagan kings on the throne or oppressing God's people, that the the scriptures tell us that these are actually just the the kings that God has whistled for, mm-hmm. as though He's beckoning His His dogs to do His bidding. Um, so God can use these processes now throughout that time. And again, this this is where I think the prophets help us in this process of avoiding despondency, a recognition that global affairs are under the sovereign power of God. And yet, at the same time, realizing that what do you do in those times where you work for righteousness and for justice as mm-hmm. God's revealed it to you? So uh, those those same prophecies, again, we think especially in Isaiah, uh, are going to also prophesy to the kings of Israel to be faithful and to be just, even though they won't always be faithful and just. And so you see that God's sovereign over all things, whatever the outcome, God is going to use it for his purposes. And again, I I think it's just good for us to remember for his glory and for the good of his people. 
And at the same time, that what are God's people called to? To covenant faithfulness in all things, as we talked about on the last episode, that you know how we vote does matter. And it might be that if your guy, if your guy is not elected, as you said, Aaron, there's political activism that can start on November the fourth. Exactly. Right. It might be time to start advocating for why you think that the the policies that have been enacted or the representatives that we now have in our government might not be the right ones, and we might need to push towards change next time. Both those things can be held, but they must be done peaceably, um, unless we get under a very particular set of circumstances. And our goal in this podcast is not to say, here's the outlines for when you can have a revolution. Let's just suffice it to say, uh, there's nothing on the political horizon right now that's moving us in that direction as Christians in this country. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about another thing that comes up with this. So as we see the sovereignty of God, as we avoid despondency, that then gives us the ability to pray for unity. We talked about praying for unity last week. In other words, what do we do if we win? Um, And just to remind our listeners, we're not taking that from any political party. We just mean, what do you do if you win? Like if your guy wins, whether that's Joe Biden or whether it's Donald Trump. Um, Now we need to think about praying for unity if our guy loses. I think that's harder. I think it's harder to pray for unity when you've just lost. I think, um, and I, I think we can think about this even from the political process itself. Every politician wants to be the person that stands up behind the podium and says, you know, I've just won and now's the time for us to come together and not I've just lost and now's the time right. for us to come together. But as Christians, why should we pray? If, if our guy loses, why should we still pray for unity? Because I think that our hearts need to be molded into what God would have us to do, right? If we've been doing what we're supposed to do, which is to be thoughtful and convictionable about the way that we vote, we have been working through these issues, some of us for years and months through this political process, and we've begun to condition our mind, this is the person that I want to vote for, these are the reasons why, and you've gone through hours and literally months and days and years of thinking through, all right, is this person really worth my vote? Do I really see that their direction is the best possible scenario for human flourishing in America and, yay, even around the world? And if you've been thinking through that for so long, you've committed to that, and then for you to say on November the 4th or whenever all the votes are counted um, that this is not going to come to fruition, that's kind of hard to deal with. And and in reality, it's just called a spade a spade. There can be some division sown in your own heart. Well, I don't want this person. I've distinctly said, I don't want this person. And for you to say, okay, I've got this person. It takes self-control. That's a fruit of the Spirit. It takes grace. It takes mercy. And all these things, it's not just in the heart of one person. It's likely to be nearly half of the country mm-hmm. that's going to have to have that kind of uh, humility and that kind of um, servant-oriented uh, mindset that we're, is going to have to happen for unity to take place. Yeah, and remember, um, even in a landslide win, right? Yeah. it's still nearly half the country. Yeah, absolutely, because that's the way our system works. Yeah. So, so um, I, I think for us to move forward, if we're on the losing side and to pray for unity, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be something that is challenging and another conditioning of the heart that we conditioned towards one particular candidate. Now we have to condition towards, okay, this is the ruler that God has put over over me right now. And so to honor God, I need to honor this person and this 
um, uh, this image bearer as it, as it is so that God would be honored in the way that we respond, even if we don't agree with their platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh we also need to be praying, as we pray for unity in the country, we also need to be praying for wisdom in government affairs. And I think especially if someone is in office that is enacting policies with which we do not agree. I want to be very candid here. If Joe Biden is elected president, I am going to be actively praying uh, that God brings people into his life and brings wisdom into his life, specifically on the policies relating to and surrounding abortion. Um because I want to pray for wisdom, and Romans uh, Romans makes it very clear to me in, in Romans chapter 13 when it talks about government that I should have an expectation out of those in governmental authority over me to bear the sword for a particular reason, and because I believe that abortion is by default turning the sword on those that are the most vulnerable, I'm praying for wisdom there, informed by, by my biblical worldview. Um and I want to I want to say this too. I think that's going to be quite a bit different than I would pray for things like uh, you know tax policy or something like that. There's there are other policies that you know maybe I disagree with, but but I understand that the application of wisdom there might look different. Um, so we need to be praying for wisdom. If President Trump is reelected, there are going to be policies that I'm praying for wisdom, and not just wisdom so that what I want would be continued, but policies in which I firmly disagree with him. You know, we talk about uh, immigration policy and some of those things. I'm going to be praying for wisdom um, that that the government would be wise, and then more than that, beyond just be wise so you'll agree with me, right? Uh, which isn't always wisdom. Uh, I think on especially on the case of abortion, it clearly is. Um, we should be praying that God would be gracious to our leaders to give them wisdom and to give them wise advisors, whoever is in charge. So we need to be praying for wisdom there. I think that as we move forward in this um, particular conversation, it's, uh, again, just a wise thing for us to do. You are talking about wisdom, to think about a, a humble spirit as we move out of this. Because we know, just as you mentioned a moment ago, that this particular political system is not a perfect system, mm-hmm. and we're electing men who are not perfect. It's it's a continual imperfect thing trying to accomplish God's perfect will, and that is uh, that we would reflect him in the way that we go about it. We know that our political system's never going to be perfect. It's never going to truly reflect God's justice and his mercy and his grace it's never going to it's a, it's striving to but it's not going to and so for us to keep a mind that is humble that is kind and gracious whether we win or lose and a knowledge that he is on the throne and that his will will be accomplished in the long run and he is seated on the throne both now and forever i think is the real thing that would be uh, behoove us whether we win or lose on november 3rd yeah i think you're absolutely right the, the last thing that you know, I think we should add to this is we need to, uh, you know, along with, and we, we've really already covered this, praying for those who see things differently. So not just for politicians, but for especially sisters and brothers in Christ who see things differently. If our guy loses and their guy wins, uh, we need to be praying uh, for them and praying for unity, that God would give us a spirit of understanding and that God would give us a spirit of, of gospel mission, that we mm-hmm. would understand that the the most important thing is the gospel and the most important thing is that we are all in the kingdom of King Jesus. Um, 
we can have different opinions about earthly politics as long as we agree on the fact that we are in the kingdom of King Jesus. The last thing that I want to mention is that if the other guy wins, we need to make very certain that we are speaking truthfully about what's being done by the officials who were elected. Um, if President Trump is reelected and that is not the guy you wanted, then beyond just uh, beyond just you know speaking in a way that honors the office of president, if good things are done, you need to recognize that good things are done if you're asked to speak on it. Um, if President Trump is elected and that is absolutely the person that you wanted to be uh, elected and he does something that is wrong, you need to be bold to speak what is wrong. And we talked about this in the last episode. Whether your guy wins or loses, truth can't be defined just on who you want to be president or in a particular political office. As Christians, we define truth biblically, not just culturally and based on some type of political tribalism. Thanks so much for listening to the Transform podcast. Transformed is a resource provided by Shorter University, a Christian liberal arts university in Rome, Georgia. For more resources provided by Transformed, including podcast episodes, book reviews, and articles, check out transform.shorter.edu. For more information on Shorter University, go to shorter.edu. Tune in next week as we continue to discuss how the Christian worldview affects all of life. Thanks, y'all.